Welcome to B-Movie Breakdown, episode 286. Woo! My God, we are so close to, to what? episode 300. 14 away. 14 weeks away. Just imagine. 14. Yeah, I can. I've been thinking about 14 weeks away for a while now. I think that's pretty sure that's going to be in the middle of the darkest winter we've ever seen in the modern I don't think that's 14 weeks away. You don't think so? Winter is not 14 weeks away. I'm sorry. It's kind of into the math. No, no, it's, no, it's, it's like not 14 week weeks. Of summer. Yeah, it's not 14 weeks. We'll be we'll be baking in the sun. We'll be hanging out. We'll be partying. It'll yeah, be oh, summertime. We'll have be yeah, having. We a won't be doing any of these things. Well, you time. might be because you're gonna live. You live a reckless lifestyle. I, I try <laughs> to live as reckless as possible in these quarantine times. You got to be reckless. You got to just shake those sillies out you're just gonna be crazy those sillies are on the are viruses on your little silly droplets (laughs) well you know what here on the b-movie breakdown uh it's a weekly podcast where we find the humor and enjoyment and awesome and awesome bad films of the past and present home of the good the bad with the what the silly fucks uh (laughs) each week we reveal what the next movie is going to be at the end of every episode, so make sure you listen to the very end so you know what the next movie is going to be so you, too, can join in on the madness. You can follow us on social media at B Movie Breakdown, and you can follow us at B Movie Breakdown on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and wherever the fuck else you want to follow us on social media, wow. even if we're not even there. Uh, make us a page on on your on TikTok. Make us a TikTok, and you can be movie <laughs> breakdown on TikTok. You can represent us on TikTok. I feel you shouldn't give that up. That could be a lucrative yeah. market. Yeah, yeah it, it could be. I should make the B movie breakdown TikTok. Pat, I don't want to get caught up in some sort of court case with some sort of weird racist uh, TikTok that's associated with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a mess. Yeah, we did. Well, don't just. Yeah, you can't give out your IP. No, Cherish we gotta we, we we gotta get on top of that ASAP. But ASAP doesn't. Well, maybe in you know, about like six or seven hours, so that'd be ASAP. Uh, so mean, you can also email us bmbpodcast at gmail.com if you have any movies you want us to watch. We recommend. Recommendations or movies you made, uh, anything like that, uh, shoot them over that way on the email. Uh, <laughs> email, that's how it works. That's what it sounds like. No, yours, that's not what it sounds like. Me when and you shoot an, it sounds like. When you shoot an email? I think yeah. an email would be more like, pew, pew, like a laser, not like nope, a, that's a laser. Wow. See, you like just said it. That's a laser. You just yeah, said it would be more like a laser. Yours no. was more like. We're saying question. what an email sounds like, and yeah, Nick were right, and you said what a laser sounds like. And okay, yours went like a gun or a cannon. Oh. No, ours went like an email. We literally oh. said, we said this is like an email, and you said this is like a laser. When you send an email, you go every time? No, that's the noise it makes when you send it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I changed my settings on my phone, so it goes... Oh, my bad. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you want to share? Any, I thought you said, do you have anything you want to shoot? I was like, yeah, an email over at B&B Podcast. <laughs> yeah, shoot us an email over there, you know? I must have my emails muted. I haven't heard that sound ever. Ooh, nice cup. <laughs> Nick, do you, Nick, do you have anything to share, or are you just going to be silent? Yeah, you can follow me at the uh, on the Instagram at Scatterville Stories, or you can listen to Weird and Feared. It's a podcast on all your... Um, it's on every pod podcast network. Basically, if you find one, it's not on. Just write them, shoot them an email, and tell them to put on Weird and Feared, and have them put on the B and B podcast too. If you uh, if they don't have it on that platform, but 
Weird and Fear is a Spooky Show, you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. There we go. So you can do that. Shoot so, everybody an email. Uh, this week we are continuing our uh, descent into the world of martial arts films. This week uh, it's a it's a Shaw Brothers production. Shaw Brothers are a famous martial arts studio. And uh, we're watching the 1975 classic. I'm saying classic. It is a classic. The is flying, okay. the the flying guillotine. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. I can tell you one thing about the flying guillotine. What What's can that? you tell me? Yeah, please enlighten me. I can tell you one thing about this movie. A little okay, history, I'm waiting. A little history lesson in this movie. <laughs> All this right. movie was based on, well, I guess you could say legend, but some say true story. Oh, okay. Continue. Because le- legend has it that during the Qing dynasty, the young Cheng emperor had it designed to assassinate his enemies. What? Like it. No one knows for sure if the flying guillotine was ever real and most people could never tell you what it exactly... No, nobody could ever say what it exactly looked like because nobody ever survived from it. Oh, shit. That's a legend. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so... Uh, it's a pretty uh, scary It's a pretty scary weapon. Yeah, it kind of looks yeah, like it's a... It's pretty brutal. Like, I like it. It looks like a beekeeper's hat on a chain. <laughs> yeah, once it fully engages, yeah, it does. <laughs> it reminds me of a collapsible like, fishing thing that you put in the water. And, like, you can store bait in it and stuff, or, like, a little net type thing. Oh, yeah, 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 sh- yeah. So, like, that's what it looks like on somebody's head, but it's got a bunch of knives and a cool sculpted dragon on top. Yeah, it, do- it does look pretty sweet, and I think the way it works is pretty sweet. It's definitely, uh, I don't, it's hard to think about now how many cooler weapons are there than the flying guillotine. No, that's up there. I thought it was pretty sweet. I mean, I was, I enjoyed it. It's definitely original, I thought. Yeah, it's uh, it is an original. It's a very original film that uh, you know, a lot of people decided, hey, I like that original idea in film. Um, well, what if we just started making sequels to it and it's not our movie? Oh, okay. And that's, that's what fine. happened. It's inspiration. Yeah, it's a the, very Chinese film thing to do. Yeah. So uh, a year later, um, somebody decided to make a a sequel to their own movie. Called that was called the One Armed Boxer, but also make it a sequel to the Flying Guillotine, calling it the Master of the Flying Guillotine. Okay. And it was yeah, not a right. Shaw. It was not a Shaw Brothers production. Was it based on the? Uh, was it based on the main character in this movie? No. Do but they, they use flying guillotines. <laughs> they no, they use do flying use flying guillotines. guillotines. And most okay. people say if you like the the original one, you will not like the flying <laughs> guillotine. Okay. But if you've seen the other one first, you probably won't like the flying guillotine. You you'll have your flying guillotine preference. So if I didn't see this one, I would like the second one. Maybe, but that one apparently has not much of a story. This one definitely had a story. It was, oh, pretty, this it was one, way more involved than I thought it was going to be. This one fucking ruled. Yeah, it was way it was it was in depth. It was crazy. But then in in 1977, yes, uh, there was a Taiwanese alternative 
Um, in the same way, kind of like how Italians would remake American movies. Sure. The Taiwanese would all often uh, reinterpret successful Hong Kong features. Oh, man. I'm sure fucking China hated that. Yeah, so they made their own sequel to, to the Flying Guillotine called Fatal Flying Guillotine. Taiwan's like, all right, China, hold on. We're going to do our shit over here. Thanks. I yeah. think... I might be wrong, but I think Taiwan is known for, like, uh, they've kind of created the platform for, like, movie kung fu. Like, when you see a lot of kung fu in really crazy kung fu action movies, it was it was really designed in Taiwan. Like, they kind of made the basis for it. Sweet. It's, like, hmm. over the top. It's cinematic. Cinematic kung fu is comes from Taiwan, I believe. Hmm. Interesting little factoid. Uh, another interesting little factoid is that in 1978, so now three years after the flying guillotine that we watched for this episode, uh, came Flying Guillotine 2, Palace of Car or Palace Carnage. And the reason it took so damn long for them to make a sequel while other <laughs> other people were making sequels to their movie was that the original director uh, declined to return, and then they brought in somebody else and then halfway through the shoot, this guy left and then they had to get uh, somebody else to come in to, so the, was, to finish the movie. Real organized oh, production. Yeah. Sounds real good then. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently yeah. in this one, there is a double guillotine. What? How does that work? It's like two on one chain. So oh. you can get two people at once. <laughs> hey, it's works All for right. me. All right, that that's cool, I guess. Yeah, and then the same year that that came out, another Flying Guillotine movie came out called Vengeful Beauty. Mm-hmm. And so we're just more... Is that about oh, yeah. a girl with a guillotine? <laughs> we're just more guillotine movies. They just kept... They just yeah, there kept... was a lot. I jumped on Prime, and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And you and can then... kind of tell like that none of them are related just from the box art. And then there was a uh, an attempt at a reboot in 2012. Of the original? Yes, called Guillotines. Okay. How, it was it like it failed? Like they get halfway through and they're like, fuck it. No, it was just, uh, it says, um, apparently it's barely unwatchable. Or it's barely, I mean, barely watchable due to the abundance of shockingly bad CGI. Oh, uh, okay. CGI in a, guillotines? And a convoluted plot, so. That's kind of... <laughs> Sad, because there's a lot. Yeah, this one. All practical oh, effects in this, and they were. I mean, they weren't crazy, but they were. They worked. They were good. Yeah, I mean, this one's the plot. Characters developed, and they ended the movie way different than they started. People went through little character arcs. Yeah. Some people got some comeuppance, and like their story had a beginning and a middle and an end. And my, my yeah, I mean, was, I thought the ending was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, it, it was. Like, oh, it, it's over. <laughs> Well, they, yeah, well, because there was no one else to really reflect on because he was with his family and everyone else was dead. Yeah, right after the, the sunset. Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying, the emperor. I kind of well, wish he would have killed the emperor because the emperor was just running around killing like people he just didn't like. Yeah. Oh. Can, you imagine, can you imagine a world where someone was in charge of like a great like empire or country and just went after people that were his political enemies? I mean, can if you imagine I was, that world? If I was Chinese, yeah, for all time, I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if? Yeah, can you imagine any other countries that are starting to do that too? I can't. Can this is where it goes. Chinese? This is where yeah. it goes. Eventually, you get flying guillotines. Yeah, eventually, you have a guy oh, uh, who's a loyal servant of you, and he creates the flying guillotine. 
And I think and the ultimate guilt for it. <laughs> the ultimate lesson should be if you create a weapon like the guillotine, even like like the French guillotines, you start using a weapon. It can be used against you also. So maybe you should think about this weapon you're making. Well, they had that concern, uh, but when he first yeah. formed the formed his little army there, his little little assassin squad, he uh, he did have that concern of like, well, you know, one of these people could, you know, go against me. <laughs> with this weapon. Yeah, Dude, but it's funny fuck though, it. That guy, uh, Zin Kang, who made the flying guillotine, uh, he probably only made that one. And then all yeah. of a sudden the emperor, and who knows how long it took him to make that one. And then the emperor's like, well, you get 12 people and they're all going to use this thing. So let's yeah. make start making some more. <laughs> yeah, that's the part I wish I would have paid more attention to when I was watching because in the beginning I didn't care. But then I was invested. I was like, man, I wish I would have really paid attention to how this got going again. It's like, son I mean, of a bitch. I mean, it, they, he just kind of like had it. He was throwing around. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show the emperor. And I was but like, like how, yeah. we, how we assembled, how we picked those guys. Was there a reason why, how, what was their selling point? They were, they were just like soldiers. They were elite they were the, soldiers. Yeah, they were the, the elite, uh, the elite soldiers in his like army or whatever. All right. So like, they, but the way he, I, li- I love the way he showed off the flying guillotine. They, uh, the exam, he's like, I need an example of how this works. So uh, they used a dog. I, I didn't like that. That was fucking up. They chopped that oh. chicken head off too. What the hell? Yeah, I was just like, a dog? We're just gonna kill a dog? <laughs> yeah, chop that dog's head off. You had a million fucking dummies. Why'd you have to kill that dog? They killed it's dummies like... and logs throughout the rest of the movie. Why'd they have to well, kill that dog? Because that was in training. He needed an example. He's like, this can actually I mean, commit murder. I would imagine this... if you could chop a fucking six-inch log in half with that well, thing. He's like, you could this dog was alive. This dog was alive. Now it's dead because of my weapon. You get the idea. Why don't they just choose like a prisoner? Honestly, that was my thought too. I'd rather some. Wow. They were probably going to kill him anyways. Who's who's in communist China now? Just kill a prisoner. If I lived in communist China, I'd rather be dead. I'm just I'm just saying they probably they (laughs) they were probably going to kill the prisoner anyways. They might as well just drag him out there and do the example instead of killing this dog that they were probably using. The yeah. dog was probably more significant to them than a prisoner. He was probably an opium dog. He found opium and something I mean, the bad guys. <laughs> I don't know. That was a problem. Yeah, he once. was an opium dog. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it was Rune Tin Tin, Canon Opium Dog. Awesome. Yeah. Great. How did, did you like when they when when they decided that the, they were going to use that um, the weapon and everything like that, and the emperor was like talking to the guy, and the guy was bowing to him and smacking his head on the ground until he bled. Yeah, that, that sounds like scary. Yeah. Well, he did that because he said that he was going to use the weapon to betray the emperor. Remember, he's like, "How did you invent this?" He's like, "I can't sleep well uh, knowing you have this." And then he was just basically begging for his life, real quick. I think all the emperor wanted him to do was fucking hurt himself because he was super happy when he came back up and his head was bleeding. Yeah. Again, that part I wish I would have paid more attention to. That's, that's, that's on me. That's on me. Oh, yeah, he was just kowtowing super hard and fucking. Well, the, be, the, the beginning, well. the beginning after that moved pretty quickly. They, you know, they got their squad of assassins and they kind of uh, just started going on with training. And there was yeah. like tra- training montage after training montage there after a while. I love the training; it was fantastic. All the different training with the with the guillotines it, and everything. It's all important. Like, it sets the up. stage. So that's the feud. Oh, speaking of setting the stage, I love the set design in this. I feel like the yes. set design, it was pretty. Oh, yeah. They did a good job. It's beautiful. I mean, they built full on sets there. That little uh, courtyard, the barracks where the soldiers stayed. 
their training area, different small towns and stuff. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, and they I mean, then that's when slowly we're introduced to the main character, basically Ma Tang. Mm-hmm. And he's basically the standout master of the weapon and kind of gets chosen to be like the leader of the squad. And he is the one who ends up rebelling against the squad. Yeah. And uh, how, how old do you think Ma Tang was? Uh, like originally when it started? Yeah, I'll, I've also, I also have questions about time in this movie as well, but we'll get to that. I mean, um, time how, just violently how, leaps ahead. Yeah, how, time takes some jumps <laughs> later, but that's almost, that's fine. That's almost how, better. How old do you think Ma Tang is? I'm guessing like... 37. Like the actor? Or no, like how old he's supposed the, to the be character right? originally when he's first probably like the... sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, I'm guessing. 16. Man, I was thinking at least in his twenties. No, because there's that conversation where he wants a woman, where he's like, "Oh, I want a woman." I forget what they you look. Don't like. want to, you don't want You never want a woman when you're sixteen. Yeah, you do too. But I'm that. That's not the point I'm getting at. He says, "Tell about how he wants a woman." How he forget forgets what, what they look like, and the one guy's like, "You're a kid. You can't have women. You're just, you're a kid. Kids can't have women." He's so offended. He is. Yeah, because he's... <laughs> yeah, right. But... And I was like, this guy looks like he's about, like, 20-something. He doesn't look like some, like, little 15-year-old kid. I mean, uh, he had, like, I just... Assumed... fucking facial hair going there. He didn't look that old. No, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have put him... I was going to say... If it wasn't... If it didn't say 16, I would have said, like, 19. I did like that scene, though, because I liked that when they... Uh, he's talking about how he wants a woman and then a woman comes and visits him and that's when he learns that like, oh, the emperor like has eyes and ears all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, can hear everything and give you what you want to make you, you know, feel like you're getting everything and you'll be, you know, his like, on his assassin squad forever until you die kind of thing. And uh, actually, when he gets that girl, very awkward kissing going on. Dude, yeah, I was like gonna ask neither of them was... have ever kissed before, it didn't look like. Well, I was going to ask was weird, if, like... if this was one of his favorite movies he's having me watch again. You know what Why? kind? Um, I... What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Happens in a lot of barbarian movies where uh, men force themselves on the would women. You, would, he was not forcing himself. She was there for that reason. I mean, she was a slave. She was. She was. She was being I mean, forced come on, to go, Corey. She was being forced to go do that. But so Ma Tang, you... Ma Tang was did not realize that, and and then once he did, he stopped. They so were just like he did yeah, not realize I, that yeah, it was that I situation. Said, I thought this was gonna become one of those movies you like oh. so much. That's what I said. Wasn't, but in that moment, there was a. Uh, I mean, when a woman's there against her will, I don't know what else to call it, man. There, there was one of those classic uh, whip your tits out moments. Eighteen minutes in, definitely saw some uh, yep. some boobs in this movie. Unexpected. I did not expect to see anything like that in this movie. Who With a sweet dragon tattoo in between them. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I would aim when I pulled out right there on that dragon tattoo. Bloop, bloop. Oh my God! Look at the dragons breathing fire. Was that what we? Hey Pat, were you just sending an email? Yeah, bloop, no, bloop, a laser bloop. gun. That was a laser gun. Yeah. Well, Pat's got different emails. Sounds like. Yeah, my email is a little more high pitched. He still uses AOL. <laughs> yeah, I got to sign on 56k. <laughs> <They're real laughs> in the ass. Only to send emails though. Right. Otherwise, I'm good to go usually. Patbot at AOL.com. 
But yeah, those kisses were, uh, they were weird, like, open, stiff mouth kisses, and then just kind of, like, smash no their faces could, together. Yeah, no one could see it that, was, but I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't just like, describe it. It was almost like they were just, like, holding their mouths open in front of each other, not moving at times. <laughs> and just, just, like, just kind of, like, moving their heads against each other. It was strange. You never was, kiss somebody with a sweet air cushion in between your lips? You know, try I, honestly, I honestly don't think those <laughs> two people just, ever kissed before. Probably That's not. all I could think of. I don't know what was going on there. Unless the it was other, like a taboo thing. They, I don't well, know. The woman, that that girl was used to just having people do whatever they wanted to her. Yeah. They I mean, probably, she was just, yeah, probably she was skipped the kissing part, usually. Yeah, I mean, like you said, she was probably, she was a slave. Oh, she definitely was. I mean, she was super uncomfortable being there. Yeah, she's I like, well, like, I guess this is my life. Thank I'd have been an actual, like, communist party slave. Like, oh, why are there cameras here? You know? It was an awkward scene. Yeah, it was an awkward scene. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know if the actress was to get there against her will be naked, but let's hope I don't not. Know. Kind um, of like it. Wait, is that what you were saying? She's forced to be in the film against her will? That's what yeah, you said. that's what it felt like. <laughs> She's an actress. Well, acting. She did a good job at acting the way I thought she uh, was being portrayed in real life. Good. Good job. Yeah. yeah. I love how, though, Montaigne... It like took so long for him to realize that they were just aimlessly killing people. I figure he, he caught on. Pretty well, quick. I once, mean, after the first, two, yeah, you kind of realize. Yeah, he's like, these were good patriots we murdered. Nah, the first couple that? people, he was like, whatever. But then when it was the Tian Fu and his wife, that's when he was like, really like. Well, it was the first two guys when he actually had a conversation about it? Like they went on a killing spree, then they had a chance to reflect on what they did. And like, fuck, we did that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought those guys were patriots. Those are good men. Yeah, they, yeah the, they they did acknowledge that right away, which I was surprised. Yeah, and that's the when first I did the movie was getting a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first thing like, heading oh. though was pretty and in, pretty insane. Like seeing uh-huh. the first time they actually like, because like when they're doing the training and they cut the log in half, it's pretty outrageous. It was awesome. And breaking swords, like this weapon is made of like I guess yeah, it's kind of indestructible. It's just vibranium. Yeah, well, the only vibranium. thing to counter it is another flying guillotine. We we later learn. Yeah, so like, yeah, it's, they cause explosions too. Oh, out of Tupperware and silverware and teacups. Also, <laughs> explosions. The only other thing beside the flying guillotine that could counter it was that crazy umbrella frame, which I thought was going to play a much larger role in the rest of that movie. And I was no, really, it was, I was really bummed it didn't. He used it that one time, and then he never used it again. I think I that's like, a, tr- oh, I, think that, a bitch. I think that shows you that the the despite the killings we've seen and the guillotine itself. The movie actually has restraint. Like right, right when like he it had... calms, it, it could go real crazy, and it doesn't. It go could super go crazy. It could go real crazy, and yeah, it could. And it, it didn't, and it also not as many fight scenes as I thought there were going to be. There were just... enough, but there oh, was there, like yeah, there wasn't too many, but it was it was good enough. I'm I not... thought it was going to be just like uh, all out, like once they had these flying so guillotines, impressed. it was going to be like out of control. I was so impressed. I got an actual story. I always and thought, I, I thought too, it's like, it's just the, incredible. The title was kind of like a subplot. Like, the flying guillotine was like an underlying story about the rest of the fucking movie, you know? Yeah, yeah of course. Most of the yeah. movie is just, is just yeah. Matang on the run. Yeah. It was, and the movie shifts, it's got little mini plots it shifts to, like, the whole time. So, like, you're just not saying they're bored. I mean, some people might have been. Yeah, you have yeah, you have like the little fortune teller guy. That's a that's a that was a fun little scene, little side story thing. Was that yeah, your favorite the, character you were talking about before? No, no. His favorite, his favorite character had a shop. 
Oh, okay. Was, yes, it was, was that guy. He was a blacksmith. He okay. was a blacksmith. That was my number one favorite yeah, character of this exactly. movie. Yeah. Was at the end of the film when this poor man's <laughs> shop gets destroyed and he, and he is keeps crying. God damn it. <laughs> you ruined my business. What am I supposed to do? God damn it. My business is ruined. My business. My you business. My business. He's sitting there just pouting on top of the rubble. That was nice. I was. I kept wondering, like, is is like, are we getting like a poor translation here? Or is he literally just continuously no. saying my I business, my business? Yeah. Well, I'm sure there was plenty of poor translations, but yeah, I think he was just saying But that. that's why even like when a movie like this has like a good structure and it's just got a good story to tell, even though like the dubbing can be probably not super great. Like you get the, you can still follow it and go with it, despite what nonsense they end up saying to, you know, make the story go on. Very followable. Just that, so impressed that we had these little mini subplots where, and like, like you said, the random fortune teller character, the guy, his business, he had a little shining moment. <laughs> he was crying so he, hard. He was so upset. Like, man, the roof just fell over. Yeah, I bet your stuff, your guys might be dead. That sucks. But like, yeah, and, might have... and they even cut to like the other, like one main bad guy character walking away. And they still are having that guy in the background loudly yeah, crying about how his business is ruined. <laughs> my business. <laughs> That character oh. reminds me of a reoccurring character of uh, in La- Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's a guy yeah. who carries a cabbage cart that always gets ruined, oh. and then every time it gets ruined, he's always like, "My cabbages." That's uh, sad. Just the oh, local yeah. guy with his local business. Just, just he's like the Mexican announce table of uh, yes. Avatar: The Last Airbender. He is literally that. Yeah. And and like imagine that man. That man made him a death umbrella, and then it ruins his whole establishment. <laughs> It's true. He should he should have known better to, to to meddle in that world. I mean, but like when I say like it showed restraint, like like you thought, Pat, like the that the death umbrella would have had a bigger feature. No, it like did its job. It prevented him from getting his head cut off a few times. He used it to kill two guys, and like oh, purpose served. Yeah, like they done its cool. this job. So like, you know, didn't oversell its power, but like it still kicked some ass. Looked fucking cool. I was hoping it would be able to destroy the guillotines, but we established early on the guillotines will cut through everything because they're just indestructible for some reason. Except yeah, other they can, guillotines. They can literally destroy everything. That guy, literally, that guy literally took it. He definitely took an exhibition to Wakanda and got something serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's out of control. How he just like he this guy. What was he doing for all that? You know, it's however long so it took powerful. him to, to make it. It's just, yeah, it's just so powerful and it's so ridiculous. Like, well, it's so over engineered, too. Like, I mean, already without the crazy beer, beekeeper helmet part of it, you could kill somebody with a giant bladed oh, uh, disc. Yes. Why do you need to throw the guillotine on there, too? Because you have Isn't to make sure. Enough? Because, so, because they do use it like that. He does stab a couple people like with it. Yeah, as, like, that would a be fine. Disc. But no, it's, you got to throw it on top of their head and then chop it off. It's very satisfying. I mean, just imagine pulling the chain, like slice, and then it they were always, back to you. They were always very happy to like take the head out yeah, once they like retrieved it. <laughs> it's like a it's like a saw blade yo yo. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, you had to get your trophy. I think that was part of it. Trophies. Yeah, yeah they get sure the head. That's what that's Pat was saying. They're so happy to take the head out. Yeah, they got their oh, like. They're all it's about like it. their, It's like they're, you know, they killed their game, and they that's their. Their trophies, the head. It's like uh, the crab fishermen taking their pot out of the water, you know? Yeah, we yeah, got a full here. 
There it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I did it. But this is a little this is a little harder of a skill. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> they got fucking good with those things too. So that's when they started attacking attacking uh, our guy. It's just dangerous. Ma, Ma Tang. Yeah, Ma Tang. I was gonna say like my man, but I decided not to do that. But he lived. So he lived. He either lived. We watched that man live an entire lifetime, or just um, just there's no sense of time in this movie. I, because well, time? Kind of jump forward. Yeah, we just jump ahead. Yeah, we just jump ahead. He's living a normal life. For a yeah, while. he's like. The, his wife's like, oh, all of a sudden, I'm pregnant, I, and I'm having a baby. And then, like, the yeah. next scene, the baby's running around. It's like yeah, a one-year-old. Yeah, it's been a few years at least, yeah. I, I would guess this movie took place over, like, a period of six years. I'd say that sounds about, I was going to say, like, five to six. Yeah. Yeah. Just a five. And even that's kind of crazy, because, like, all this happens in five years. That's not that long a time. No, it's not. So, like, it's pretty. And, like, he's on the run being hunted, so, like. I feel bad for those guys hunting him. Their lives are just on pause, and like their families were kidnapped, and if they didn't get them, they'd be killed. So what are their oh, families yeah. doing for this like four year period? Yeah, where their families was, at? That was a bummer. What yeah, about Tanks? Oh, well, Ma Tanks. He's got his two friends. One gets destroyed, and the other one is just going along for the ride against his will, basically because his family's held hostage. Yeah, I mean he has no choice. He didn't know. Uh, what but about they killed... when? Um... Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, what about when? Um... Ma Tang was fighting with the baby in his hands. Oh, that was awesome. I need like that. <laughs> I thought that was going to go on for way longer. Just long enough. Like, just oh, long enough wow. to watch that baby doll, the doll yeah. just like flop around. Because it wasn't even a doll because the kid was supposed to be like at least one or two years old at that point. It's like a, yeah. like like a, a life-size. Watching yeah. the dummy's head snap back and forth. Well, that baby's neck snap. Yeah, kill that just, baby. Like, yeah, its head was just like flopping around and he's just like, fighting those guys. I even liked how he met his like wife. That was cool too. Uh, just an, just enough for like, oh, this is going somewhere, and then it does. Like that was cool. Yeah, her singing that song and stuff. Yeah, she distracted him. She distracted the crowd as he murdered two men. That's good stuff. That's like <laughs> it, it was. Frust- she's your babe. It was frustrating when you're watching this movie with the subtitles on, even though it's dubbed. During the part where she was singing, it just said Chinese singing. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I ain't doing that. That's too. That's way too confusing. The words don't match with her mouse, and then the words that you're reading doesn't quite match what you're saying. No, uh, it, it, it helps. definitely doesn't quite match at all. <laughs> it helped to have the subtitles uh, in a few uh, yeah. scenes. Did but, but subtitles have uh, double apostrophes and a lot of like if there was an apostrophe s after a word. Yeah, like your would have all like of a mine double did. apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what the I hell? didn't realize on Amazon you can uh, choose the way your uh, subtitles look and where they're at on the screen. Yeah, you can dick around with it. It's just well, better to have the default, I think. I did right. it white with no background, and then they were down below a little bit. It's kind of nice. Well, it's nice one. Yeah, the default's the default? white with just like on. a white with a black background. Oh, okay. Well, at least you know that's how you know that your overlords love you. They give you a choice. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, Mr. your buddy, B. your boy. Thanks, Mister B. Yeah, I don't call him Mister B. He just why Jeff. not. Just Jeff, little, he's more than just a Jeff. If I was a little whippersnapper on his block, that's what I'd say. Gee, thanks, Mr. B. He would have you shot by a security guard. No. Think he so. says, my name is Jeff. That's what he says. Yeah, he Damn. does say that. <laughs> that's how it begins every conference call. Oh, my gosh. I hope not. <laughs> he just really loves 22 Jump Street. It's like, ah, Jeff, we know. He just yeah, walks in the man. office. And he's just like, my name is Jeff. I'm like, it's like, you're the richest man on earth. We know who the fuck you are. He even pays Channing Tatum to come in and say it sometimes. <laughs> he pays him a million bucks every time. Yeah, he walks in. 
Yeah. He's like, what's your what's your name? Your name is Jeff. There was that uh, weird Channing Tatum thing on Amazon Prime. Oh, what was it? A show? Yeah, it was like a show where they took like a Russian TV oh, show and yes, redubbed I know what you're it. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comrade Detective. It looks very good. It did. I, ne- I never watched it, but uh, I wanted to. You still can. Like yeah, there's a lot it's... of there's a lot of uh, prime stuff that kind of flies under my radar. Like I'll see it. Like that hunters thing. Think, they had an ad on think, that. I don't think they they promote their stuff like they like anything else would. There's a lot no, of things I miss. I feel like yeah. the only show that they really ever promoted heavily was probably Jack Ryan. And the man, the High season. Castle. When it the first boys. started, man, the High the Castle boys. was all over the place. Because uh, Jack Ryan, it was. Uh, it premiered, like came out this the first season came out after the Super Bowl, so yeah. they had like Super Bowl commercials for it. So they that did. was one where I really remember them like heavily promoting on TV. But I guess I don't really don't watch commercials and stuff anymore. But on my like I have a Fire Stick and they do promote their shows like crazy on there. Like there's a new season of Homecoming coming out and they keep showing the thing for that. Yeah, so. I guess that's true. And you're on Amazon to shop, so I've seen ads for stuff. I guess I just don't see basically anything that isn't Amazon connected. But like. Everyone's jacked into Amazon, so why would they waste money on right. advertising? I guess I need to I need to get on that comrade detective. Channing Tatum is does one of the voices. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Nick Offerman, Jenny Slate, so, so it's just Jason Mantzoukas. So that's that's a good cast. Oh that's my part boy, of the cast GI oh, Joe. If What's Jason Mantzoukas was in GI Joe, I'd cream my pants. No, dude. he wasn't. What G. character G. would he play? Cobra Commander. Who else did you say? Did you say Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Nick yeah, Offerman. Yeah, him and Channing Tatum. That's two out of the two main characters in G.I. Joe, the first one. Yeah, there, there you go. John DiMaggio does a voice. Daniel Craig. What? Oh, man. I need to watch that show. Holy shit. Isn't, isn't he James Bond? Yes. John DiMaggio? I wish. Yeah. Isn't he James Bond? <laughs> yeah, John DiMaggio. Yeah, isn't he James Bond? <laughs> Mark, Mark Prosk, uh, who you might know from uh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He is the... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on that character's name? I don't know, man. The bald vampire, the, the energy vampire. Oh, Craig Robinson? Yeah, Craig, yeah. <laughs> yes, he's awesome. I can't believe he was that character in The Office. He's, that guy's a good actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, no, man. Colin Robinson. Colin Robinson. Oh, Craig Robinson is an actor who is also oh, in The yes. Office and is also in What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> So I was right, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, the wrong, just the wrong character. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, even the wrong character. Just who wrong was person. also uh, that sweet um, Kestros, who was the yo-yo master, who would go on local talk shows and talk about uh, doing yo-yo stuff and then really just talk, start talking about his depressing life and other things. Wait, Craig Robinson? No. Remember I sent you that Kestros thing? I don't that, remember. that dude from What We Do in the Shadows, he was on yes. the you, he, he was on Oh yes, that was local news. That was a wild thing. I can't God, he is really really good. He, that guy is great. I don't know he how did, the hell he did that shit. He did it for so long and he just kept going to local news stations in Wisconsin and just being this guy who just didn't know what he was doing. It was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. I don't know how the fuck he just held out and did that. It was really good. God. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how we got talking about the oh Jeff Bezos uh, and Channing Tatum. But yeah, I uh, oh, I want to watch. Okay, that's I how want, we got to this. I gotta watch that. Uh, gotta watch that. The comrade detective. 
I have to put that on my list too. That, that seems just so absurd. They just like they filmed a whole show. I mean, that's, they filmed that's... a whole show in Russian and then just decided to dub it. And it seemed like it worked out really well. Just the trailer looks fantastic alone. I think there's a weird it's Romanian. Not, it's not Russian. It's Romanian. Oh, okay. So they sound like Draculas. Yeah, and each character is portrayed by a Romanian actor and then just dubbed by American or, I guess, some British actors. Yeah. So, such a weird concept. But... Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't think anything else I've seen like that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I confused that for some other show, too, a while ago. That There's a show on Netflix with some sort of... Maybe I'm thinking of the same show. It's like a... I feel like there's a eye patch detective or something. Oh, I think you're thinking. You know what I'm uh, talking about? Mindhorn. Yes. Yeah. Th- it, that's not a show. What is it? It's a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason, I kind of, I don't even and know a, why I associated it with that. And it's a movie about a guy who plays a character. Okay, that's why. So, like, he plays the character Mindhorn, uh, and he's, uh-huh. like, famous for playing this Mindhorn character, mm-hmm. and he can't get away from it. They actually created an amazing song for that movie. I never saw the movie, actually. I just, I I have the song on my Spotify, and it's called You Can't Handcuff the Wind. <laughs> and it is an awesome, awesome song. <laughs> I'll send you the music video. It's awesome. But, yeah, it's Richard Thorne, because... The actor, I don't know if you know the actor's real name, but the character he plays is Richard Thorncroft, who plays the character of Mindhorn. Okay. A little, little deep, deep dive there. But uh, Maybe I'll watch one of those two shows instead of watching the same shit I've watched for the past 20 years recently. Yeah, there you go. Watch something. Watch Battlestar and Avatar, Last Airbender again. How many times have you watched Battlestar Galactica? Only once. But it's definitely worth a rewatch. Even rewatching it now, it's like you know so much more. And it's just like, ooh, this is crazy. Well, thinking back about Battlestar, I'm just thinking about how much Deep Space Nine is in fucking Battlestar Galactica. Oh, man. There's a lot of it, man. There's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if it's better or worse because of that. Well, you also got to think about what, what influences did the original Battlestar have on Deep, uh, Deep Space Nine? Zero. You think so? You don't know I've, that. I, I've never watched the original. I actually that's the not original true. I watched Battlestar like a little bit of the first Nine? episode. Beyond what? That they're in space uh, and they have ships? Probably nothing. I don't know. I'm just wondering. <clears throat> There's aliens. I mean, Ronald the D. Moore. Battlestar. Ronald D. Moore was a huge writer and producer for D. Space Nine, and he went on to make Battlestar. A lot of his, not to mention a lot of ideas for Voyager that he decided, you know, that he thought would be cooler if he got, you know, free control over. It's a huge mishmash of just. Star Trek ideas hmm. by a Star Trek guy. More is the bomb diggity is what you're trying to say. He is. So my my only point was like Battlestar was him unrestrained, is in like complete control. So I wonder if that was better for the show, or did he need more people to bounce? There's another guy with him. I forget his name though. Yeah, but they have like a David like a little production clip at the end of every episode. He is the bomb diggity, but then he there was that show he had Helix. And it started off really strong and then kind of just petered out and then it was not very great. And then it just, then it got canceled. Caprica was good too. I like that, but that show got canceled. I love Caprica a lot. I'm feeling like Caprica because it wasn't Battlestar. That's why I liked it. 
But he do, he does that different. Outlander show that's still on. That's based off of Stephen King, is it not? No. no. Oh, that's a outsider a time travel fuck flick, pretty much. I mean, if you'd like Klingon lore and who what real man doesn't, Ronald D. Moore is your guy. <laughs> I can't he wrote basically all the Klingon episodes. Awesome. Yeah, he's basically developed that whole. I was right. He is the bomb diggity. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Well, he only did two episodes of Voyager, so calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that even tell me? I didn't How realize that... he. I didn't realize he was the writer for uh, Generations. Yeah, he's a big deal in Star Trek. And he wrote Mission Impossible too, which is interesting. Oh, shit. Which is he's probably. If the, if I had to pick the worst Mission Impossible, it's probably that one. Well, <laughs> probably, because they're doing different things back then. Well, I'm just saying. The ever for everything from three on is like the best ones. The first one's still all still good because it sets you know it sets the stage. Two is two is very. I mean, it's a John Woo movie, so it's very much a John Woo movie. But it's like it's just nothing like any of the other any of the other ones. Still good though. They're all good. All those Tom Cruise movies. All the Tom Cruise movies. Um. I mean, he's in mostly all good movies. There might see. be some stinkers here and there, but like, let's think of some bad ones. You get, can you really think of a bad Tom Cruise movie? Um, like, where's what's one that you watch and you're like, nope, pass. I don't know, man. I wish this kid would say Dead War of the Worlds. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Because how did he get there? How did they find him? That's the whole story. I because I like that movie a lot, but then the end of the movie does piss me off. Because like, oh, he made his kid made it. Like, good for him. But like, how? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I can think of one, Nick. Yeah, the Mummy. One. I mean, it's not. I'd great. say uh, the first Jack Reacher. I thought he was kind of weird. He seemed like he was like really preachy to people about stuff. Which I thought that was kind of like a Scientology thing coming through. Is the character maybe just like that? I've never read any of those books. I don't know that either. But did he watch that new show? Jack Reacher? Or I'm thinking of a wrong character. Yeah, you're thinking of Jack Ryan. Same thing. But they're yeah. identical, they're, they're right? Not. Yeah, they're identical characters. That's yep, true. Yep, they're the same. Jack Reacher is like an absurd individual. That first Jack Reacher movie, he was really weird and preachy. I, I thought I thought it was some sort of vessel for Scientology, but I could have been wrong. I like that sure. first Jack Reacher movie. I never saw the second one. Maybe that one's not good. Maybe that's why I didn't see it. Maybe I don't know. So there you go. There's like three movies we named. One yeah. off. Just, uh, I mean, those, but it's degrees of like terrible. I mean, War of the Worlds isn't terrible. That's just a point I thought of. At the no, War of the Worlds isn't terrible. It just has that part where you're just like, what? And I remember in the theater being like. If his son is alive, she comes up that hill, I'm going to be so pissed. Thank and you, Steven did. Spielberg. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. And I'm like, fuck that, dude. Fuck That's that. like if Steven Spielberg chose to end Jaws with everyone being alive at the end. Oh, <laughs> the shark didn't get us. <laughs> We're fine. Oh, I'm just excited oh, to see him go to fucking space and whatever that next movie is he's making. What is it called? Space Blast or something? I don't know. I just know he's actually going to space. And Oh, that's right. The- Maybe, maybe for the SpaceX. next mission, maybe for the next next Mission Impossible movie. It might be that they have they have yet to go else. to space in any of those movies, and and they're just gonna go to the International Space Station. It's just crazy. I don't even know if that's where they're going. I think they're teaming up with SpaceX. I thought I might be crazy. Oh fucking Elon! 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a SpaceX thing. Yeah. Well, Elon's going to blow him up. Well, I hope not. That'd be bad. That'd be Don't bad blow for Tom space Cruise. travel. This, this, this could reunite uh, interest in space for humanity, so that'd be nice. But I'm not sure if that'll ever happen. No, that's we'll what see. Space Force is for. <laughs> that new Don't you get show? excited? Don't you get hopeful? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't you get hopeful? <laughs> When you think of Space Force, don't you get hopeful about the future of mankind? I kind of teeter-totter on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just like Star Trek. This is what, this is, this is a utopian world. I mean, they they definitely stole the fucking logo from Star Trek, that's for sure. They didn't, though. 110%. They didn't, though. Isn't that crazy? Look up Space Command's logo. It looks, it's, it's all got common ancestry. They have oh, okay. NASA, SpaceX, uh, not SpaceX, fucking Elon. Um, Space Command. You know, and uh, NASA and shit. Yeah. It's all got a common ancestor. Like it looks when I saw the original, like the Space Command logo from the eighties, I was like, oh, it was already Star Trek. All right. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that one? Because mm-hmm. you should. Because I felt how you felt, and then I looked up. I did a little bit of. I stopped just reacting to things, and I dove into a little bit more. And I was like, oh no, people are just freaking out because they don't fucking know the history of Space Command. So you're using your brain, you dummy. Yeah, it was odd. I know. It's not what people should do. Did you see cool. it? Yeah, Isn't like, it cool? Like it's it's clearly like man. yeah, it's clearly like Star Trek infused and like they played off each other. I can dig it. I can dig it too, just like I dig this movie, uh, the Flying Guillotine. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Speaking of people who have absolute power, I was just been before we get to Star Trek, we have to have a third world war. So I look forward to that, Pat. Oh, okay. That's what I have to say. Yeah, and the, the the emperor in this movie could have started a war like that because he just got to live at the end and continue being an evil, horrible person that just decided that they like to kill people for no reason. Uh, he was kind of had reasons. He was That's just true. fucking crazy. Is what it really well, was. I mean, he <laughs> had reasons, but they're they're not really reasons. They're not good reasons. No. I mean, they weren't subs- they weren't uh, justifiable reasons. No. No. Well, they were. Uh, I mean, the first two guys politi- he killed. He the feared their political power. Were trying to help him. They came in and told him how the citizens felt and how he should maybe uh, react to it. And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to fucking kill these dudes. Yeah, Do you, okay. Did you kind of yeah. like how... The, uh, one thing I really liked about this movie, too, is like the character of Zing Kang, the guy who made the weapon. Mm-hmm. He was kind of conflicted Yeah. Later on, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome, right? He actually thought about what he was doing. Very self-aware. He, he created this dangerous weapon that was like, oh, you know, like kind of like the, you know, I'm sure the way somebody like the father of the atomic bomb would feel. Hell yeah, man! I'm Absolutely. sure that the I'm sure they had the same amount of weight on their shoulders at that time. <laughs> I guess, guess maybe. At, <laughs> at that time, in ancient China. I mean, the the analogy holds. Man. There was no atomic bomb then, but there was this fucking guillotine that's just going around ripping people's fucking heads off. Right? Yeah, man, there was for sure no atomic bomb in ancient China, but there was for sure a flying guillotine. Yeah, awesome. I mean, no, it totally was there. It totally oh, was there. Oh boy, oh, I'm just right. saying he just, had. I'm just saying he had his. Lives. I'm just saying. The character had his doubts. He was conflicted. Yes. He was upset about his creation that was causing so much havoc. Well, and so many deaths. Yeah, including his own. He got his comeuppance. He did, unfortunately. <laughs> the way he got framed was just ridiculous. 
from a fucking random letter, and then that goofy fortune teller just like, all right, yeah. Yeah, the fortune teller was like really trying hard not to give anything up, and then he just couldn't take it anymore. And they took out that branding iron. Well, he just wanted his silver, and then they decided that fucking villain number one, little whiny bitch, decided to torture this man until he just basically confessed to nothing he did. Yeah, whipped him and was about to burn him with a hot iron. I like when they took the uh, high, the hot iron out of the uh, flame. It made like an electric noise. It's like, it's like yeah, it was power, noise. dude. <laughs> Don't you know how it is to be a blacksmith? That shit I gets charged. That shit gets like, charged. That was like a uh, a heated up metal fly swatter is what it looked like. Well, when you're working with vibranium. Yeah, right. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> You don't know anything about vibranium. Why are they making vibranium fly swatters? That doesn't make any sense. Because they have, because they, because they found the vibranium now, so they know how to, they know what they need to do. They oh, just some okay. there's some shady people in Wakanda sometimes, digging yeah. underhanded deals that T'Challa's great great grandfather would not have appreciated. It's true. This what was true. what was Killmonger? Was that Jordan uh, Michael B. Jordan's character's name? Killmonger. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's perfect example. There's shady guys like Killmonger running around. But he, yeah, he was raised in America. Yeah, he was. Oh, that's just, true. Just throwing was, that out there. And he, he was, was raised by a gangster, or supposed. Well, he, his dad was doing. His dad was the guy that was doing the deals to try and liberate black people across the world. Yeah. So he was trying to do. I mean, that he was trying to do a good thing. That got things got pretty bad for them. Yeah. Continues to do so. Very bad. Uh, so, well, I would say I would give uh, the flying guillotine. Um, I would give it an eight out of ten uh, guillotines, or maybe even eight out of ten crying uh, uh, former business owners. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'll do. I'll agree with your tally there. Same number. That's fine. Uh, I'll give it eight. Can oh, I, there I, we can go. I talk about my favorite scene real quick. Yes, is when the the one character is taking a bath at night, yeah. and he's just pouring the bucket over his head, and he's going la 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 la. <laughs> that scene cracked me up. I had to watch it twice. <laughs> I thought it was funny because I was like, man, that's what I do. <laughs> and I have that exact same voice when I do it. I'm actually in the shower, and I'm feeling the, I have the shower on, but I fill up a bucket of water and it's dumping on my head. And go, <laughs> that's awesome. It's very refreshing after a hard Sounds day's like work. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. I'm going to start doing that. that bucket up you should. With, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it has to take a while to fill the bucket up. Yeah. That's why you, as you're waiting, you just go, la, 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 la. Oh, <laughs> well, that's how you pass the time. And then, then you're already in the zone, so then you're like, la, la, la. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say like instead clean. of taking a shower. I'm going to go fill the bucket up. I'm All gonna... right. Maybe you should say that. <laughs> Maybe you should say Hey, I'm gonna, just give me a second. I'm going to take a la-la. Oh, I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. that, too. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. I'm going to take a la-la. Excuse me? Yeah, with my bucket. What are you talking about? <laughs> going to take Did a la-la with my bucket. <laughs> yeah, grab your bucket and walk up <laughs> into the bathroom. Make sure yeah, it's like an industrial me. bucket, too. Just don't, don't mind me. No, it's got to be a wooden one with like the iron uh, bars around it like he a had. wooden bucket. Yeah, that's sweet. It's 20. It's 2020. <laughs> I'm going to take a shower with my wooden bucket. And yeah, then good. the door's locked. And all they hear from behind the door is la la la. la, la, la. <laughs> first, question would be, first question would be where did he get that wooden bucket? 
Where'd he get this fucking crazy idea? He wasn't doing this yesterday. <laughs> I bought a whiskey barrel and then just cut the bottom off. What oh, the that's fuck? Odd. That's way too big. Well, yeah, but... Hey, man, however you la-la's your own business. However yeah. you la-la's your own business. La-la how I damn well please. And yeah. however I la-la is my own business, and I'm going to la-la into next week's movie. Um, Are you? We're, we're going to take a... Bucket? We're going to take a detour from our uh, adventures in the world of martial arts. And uh, we were uh, contacted by a filmmaker uh, who has provided us with his movie. Uh, It is called To Hell and Gone. It is a neo-Western thriller, kind of Reservoir Dogs meets Fistful of Dollars. Oh, shit. uh, so we uh, we we do uh, have access to this movie. We will watch the uh, for next week's episode. But you can uh, support this movie uh, by finding it digitally: Google Play, Prime Video, iTunes, YouTube, Vimeo, Vudu, Fandango. Now uh, it's on cable on demand, Comcast, Dish Network, uh, whatever kind of cable service you have. Uh, it's on there on demand. So you can pretty much find it anywhere to rent. Uh, so yeah, if you want to support some indie films, uh, go out and support this film by uh, by writer-director Kyle Moore, and it's called To Hell and Gone. And that is our movie for next week on the podcast. It's a beautiful sound. I'd like to mention, ass. I know you guys talked about this two podcasts ago, but I did not look up... Uh the flying guillotine last time i think i was too drunk to do it last time i mean i it just kind of yeah i mean i'm gonna maybe i don't i mean i guess that could that could maybe have happened i don't know what evidence there is of this but i also decided it was probably better that i didn't look them up because then i don't just don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) yeah you don't you don't want to ruin the movie for yourself especially something like the flying guillotine uh, it would have been disappointing, though. I did watch the trailer after this, and the, uh, they definitely did repurpose the trailer. And there's like some like metal music playing in it. It's really? kind of weird. Yeah, it's weird. That's you should look awesome. it up. It's weird. So, uh, for B movie breakdown, I'm Corey. I'm Nick. That's Nick. I'm sometimes Pat. And sometimes friend of the show, Pat. Come back next week for more of the best of the worst. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs>